are you this morning? Good to hear. Uh, I'm a little tired myself. Uh, thank you for your prayers while me and the boys were up at Word of Life. Uh, we did an awful lot of work up there. There's an awful lot of work still to be done. Um, but everything went rather well. Uh, a lot of safety. There was no, no major injuries on our party. Uh, so things went well. Uh, today we're going to be in the middle of 2 John. Uh, we're going to pick up right where we left off. Last time we were in 2 John, we looked at the introduction John has. He introduced uh, himself and had some thing, introductory comments to say, but today we're going to get right into the meat of it. And uh, next Sunday we'll look at how he closes his letter up. But he's going to be talking today about walking in the truth. Walking in the truth. We're going to start at verse 4. We're going to take it down to verse 9. Uh, and it goes like this. John says, I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth. As we have received a commandment from the Father, and now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment, that ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. For many deceivers are entered into the world, who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves, that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. Let's have a word of prayer as we look at this this morning. Lord, we do thank you for the day you've given to us. As Brother Matt pointed out just a moment ago, that it's a beautiful day. And we're seeing your creation unfold again with new life. It is beautiful to see. And it reminds me of that new creation that you make of us. It only happens through the power of Christ's blood. We thank you for it. We ask that you guide us through your word. Show us what you have for us. And help us to change our lives to be more in line with your word. It's in your name I pray. Amen. So today as we look at this, we're going to see how happy John is that some of the folks in this church he's writing to are walking in the truth. And he wants to make sure that they're able to maintain their relationship together, John's and this church, despite the heretics who are trying to tear the church apart. Remember, there was a lot of heresy going on, just like there is today. And that's what John's trying to combat. And at first reading, we just read through, just picked it up like, like you do, like I do, pick it up, read the passage. First reading, this seems like a pretty straightforward passage, doesn't it? Uh, but there are some interesting details on the way, and I hope to be able to point some of those out as we go along. Uh, one of those interesting details is the relationship between walking in the truth, as described in verse 4, and obeying the command to love, which we see in verse 5. We're also going to see that there is a command, a commandment singular in verse 5, but there are commandments, plural, in verse 6. 
And we'll try to talk a little bit about those as we go past. Uh, so with that for an introduction to today, let's get to our text. I'll look at verse 4 again. He says, I rejoice greatly when I, that I found of thy children walking in truth, as we have received a commandment from the Father. We saw last time that John loved, these, loved his readers in the truth. We saw that last. Just like everyone, everyone does who has known the truth. If they've known the truth, well, let's go back to verse 2 and read it again. For the truth's sake which dwelleth in us shall be with us forever. Grace be to you and mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. He keeps saying, in truth, in truth, in truth. Today, he says, I rejoice greatly that I've found thy children walking in the truth. Now, we've talked about it before, but to walk in the truth means to live according to the truth of the message of the gospel. We saw that throughout 1 John. So John's saying that he's very happy to see that some of these people are walking in the truth. Now, I got a couple of questions right off the bat. First one's simple. Uh, John says, I've seen that some of these are walking in the truth. Well, John hasn't been to this church yet. So how has he seen some of these people? I don't really have an answer for you, but here's a speculation that I've got. Maybe some of them traveled to see John. John's probably just recently released from the island of Patmos. Probably just got out of prison. Maybe some of these folks had come to visit him while he was in prison. I'm just speculating here, but John has seen some of these people. He knows them. He hasn't been to their church yet, but he's seen them. Maybe they visited him. That's showing good Christian love, isn't it? That's taking a step out, helping. Another question I've got. Why does he say that only some of these people are walking in the truth? Some of them. What about the rest of the church? Have some of them already fallen to the false teachings of the heretics? I don't know. I'm speculating here. I don't know. I can only assume that that's the case. But you know, that's the case in every church. That's the case in every church. We like to think we're, we've escaped from it, but it's the truth in every single church. Some of the members may put on a good show on Sunday, but not really follow God's word too much in their lives the rest of the week. That's true everywhere. It was true in John's day, and it's true today. Now, John says that the ones who are walking in the truth are doing so as we have received a commandment from the Father. As we have received a commandment from the Father. So that brings me to another couple of questions. What was the commandment from the Father? And when was it received? Well, the way I see it, there's several different possibilities. One is that John might be referring to the actual words of God the Father at Jesus' baptism, uh, his uh, recognition that the teaching of Jesus was the same teachings that the Father had given him to pass along to them. This is my beloved son. Hear him. 
And that kind of reminds me of Jesus' own words back in John chapter 12, verse 50, where he said, Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father saith unto me, so I speak. That's John 12, 50. But I think the most likely one, based on the context that we have today, is that John's equating the gospel message with the Father's command. The Father's command is the gospel message. The reason I think that is because we've already seen throughout 1 John that the truth is, equals the gospel. And if the gospel message is the Father's command, it jives pretty well with what we saw back in uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 23, which says, And this is his commandment, talking about God, this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. See that? John right there, admittedly it's another book, but John's saying that the commandment is to believe on the name of Jesus Christ, the gospel. And when John sees that these people have done that very thing, it makes him very happy. I am happy to see that most of you have accepted the gospel of Jesus Christ. So then he goes on to verse 5. He says, And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I write, wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. So now that he's explained how happy it's made him to know that some of these folks follow in the gospel of Christ, he now comes to a very specific request for them. And now I beseech thee, not as though I wrote a new commandment to you, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. So John wants to make sure that they continue their loving relationship with each other. And he makes sure that they understand that this isn't something new that he's springing on them. I'm not telling you to do something new. I'm telling you the same thing that I've told you all along, John says. He's just reminding them the same old commandment that they've had from the beginning. And we've seen John remind people of this commandment to love each other over and over and over in 1 John. We've see, already seen it a couple of times in 2 John, and 2 John's only a short little book. And in case you're getting tired of hearing that commandment to love one another, love one another, love one another, if you're getting tired of hearing it, this is the last time he's going to bring it up. Uh, now, why does John keep bringing that up? Another question I've got coming in my mind. Why does John have to keep pounding on this commandment to love one another? I can only speculate again, but maybe some of them weren't showing that love that they should have. Maybe there was a problem in this area. Maybe that's why John had to keep bringing it up. And sometimes you and I have that same problem, don't we? Sometimes you and I have the same problem, not showing the proper Christian love to each other. I don't know. But he goes on to explain what that love is. Verse 6, And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment, that you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. In verse 6, John describes, he defines what that love looks like in a believer's life. This is love, that we walk after his commandments. Now, in the Gospel of John, 
we saw Jesus define his disciples' love for him in terms of their obedience to his commands. We saw that in John 15. It's a very familiar passage, but let's look at it. John chapter 15. And we'll read uh, verses 10 down to about verse 14. He says, this is Jesus talking, he says, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. So within that passage, and back in uh, 2 John, we're going to see when we get down to uh, verse 12, uh, we see Jesus is defining obedience in terms of obeying the commandment to love one another. And John does the same thing here in verse 6. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. He compares walking in the commandments of God, plural, commandments, with obeying the single command of walking in the way of the gospel that they've heard from the beginning. You see that in verse 6? This is love, that we walk after his commandments, plural. This is the commandment that you have heard from the beginning. You should walk in it. I don't think it, that he made that uh, singular versus plural mistake. I think there's a very real reason why he's doing that. Walking in the commandments, all of this book, is the same as obeying the single commandment of loving each other. And then he expands on it a little bit more in verse 7. He says, For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. This verse starts right off with a little Greek conjunction, hatoi, translated for in the King James. Some other Bibles, like the NIV particularly, drop it off. Uh, and then when you drop that for, that hatoi word off, it's hard to realize that this verse, verse 7, is part of the same thought of verse 6. Hatoi is there for a reason. For, you read verse 6, this is love, that we walk after his commandments, and this is the commandment that you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. Why? For many deceivers are entered, it's the same thought. That little word for is extremely important, some Bibles drop it out. Pay attention. It's a linking word. And when you see it, it's, uh, it was important to John to walk in the commandments and to love one another so that they can walk in the truth and not be deceived. There are many deceivers in this world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. You see, the way to avoid being taken in by these deceivers is to continue walking in the truth. You don't have to study a heresy in order to defend against it. If you study the truth, you won't fall for the heresy. You won't fall for the lies in the world. 
Study the truth. Now, what was the nature of this deception, this untruth, these lies? They confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. We went over this pretty heavily when we were in 1 John, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But remember, most of these heretics in John's day were claiming that Jesus wasn't fully human. They believed he was just a god. There were all kinds of myths of gods coming down and visiting human beings. So it's not hard for them to believe that Jesus was God. What it was hard for them to believe was that he was human. Because look at the miracles that he performed. You can't deny the miracles. How could a human do that? That's what they were trying to... They had a problem with his being fully human. They said he was just a God. He was unattached from humanity. But you see, if Jesus wasn't human, then he couldn't have been our atoning sacrifice. You see, there has to be a living Savior to save a dying world. We can compare that with what we, we read back in 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 to 22. Little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they are not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Very similar language, isn't it? Denying the humanity of Jesus Christ. And John goes on to say that anyone who teaches that kind of heresy is a deceiver and an antichrist. Again, it's very similar to the passage we just finished reading in 1 John, so I'm not going to take a lot of time on that either. But let's just say that if anybody teaches this kind of doctrine that Jesus was not the Christ, that Jesus was something other than fully God and fully man. I'm looking at Mormons. I'm looking at Jehovah's Witnesses. It's all alive and well today. Anybody who teaches that is trying to deceive you. Notice that uh, John uses the singular form of both nouns here. Uh, he says is the deceiver, is the Antichrist. Uh, they're doing the very work. We know that we're looking forward to an Antichrist coming who's by that title, but they're doing the same work. These people who are alive and well doing this, spreading this kind of heresy today are doing the exact same work that the deceiver, Satan, and his Antichrist will be doing in the future. The exact same work, deceiving and leading people away from the truth. We see it all around us today. In the last days, there's going to be one guy who's known as the Antichrist, but the heretics of John's day and the heretics of our day are no different than him. And their power is from the same source, the deceiver Satan. So in light of that threat, John gives us verse 8. He says, Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. 
There's a warning from John. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we've wrought. If you've worked for something, you don't want to lose it, do you? You worked hard to gain it. I don't want to lose that. Jesus uses very similar language a couple other places. Let's go over to Mark. Uh, a lot of them are contained right in Mark 13. So I want to look at them. Where several are contained right there. Uh, Mark 13, verse 5. And Jesus, answering them, began to say, Take heed, lest any man deceive you. Jump down to verse 9. But take heed for yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to councils, and in synagogues you shall be beaten, and you shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them. Skip down to 23. But take ye heed, Behold, I foretold you all things. Skip down to verse 33. Uh, yeah, 33. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not what the time is. They're all in the context of the last days. Jesus says over and over and over in that one passage, Take heed, take heed, take heed. Smarten up, pay attention, look. Do we think we're in the last days right now? Then smarten up. Keep your eyes peeled. Look around. There's deceivers out there. And there's going to be more and more of them. If they were in John's day, imagine how many more there are today. There's a lot of deceit in this world. Smarten up. Keep your eyes peeled. So, if people have been working for, towards something and they don't want to lose it, they want to take heed that they don't lose it, what have these folks been working forward? What have they been working for? Well, their faith in the teachings of Jesus Christ. Faith in the teachings of Jesus Christ. And that's like what John said in uh, John chapter 6, verse 27. He says, Labor not for meat which perisheth, but for meat which endureth unto everlasting life, he says, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. See, that's what John's readers have been doing, these folks who have been faithfully walking in the truth. They've been laboring for that meat that endures. Don't give up now. But do you notice one other little, little tiny word in here? Uh, Verse 8, let's read it again. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, and that we receive a full reward. John includes himself in this. He doesn't say, don't lose those things that you've worked for. Don't lose those things that you've sought. Don't lose your reward. I'm not worried about me. John doesn't say that. John throws himself right in with these people. I might lose my reward, he says. I might lose what I've labored for. John's not exempt from this. Even John has to keep, take heed. Even John has to keep his eyes peeled. Even John has to smarten up. The old man, the one who saw Jesus firsthand, has to watch out. He's working on this too. 
He's been working to guide these folks into the truth that they believed. And he doesn't want to see his work and his effort wasted either. Verse 19 is kind of a continuation of the same thought. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. Here we see John expresses fears. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. John's afraid that some of these folks might step over the line into the deception of the heretics instead of continuing in the teachings of Christ. Don't be suckered into a teaching just because it's new. Don't be suckered into a teaching just because it's new. I like the old hymn that says, Tell me the old, old story. It's an old, old story. It's been told over and over and over. 2,000 years and more. Same old story. I'm not denying that there might be new discoveries. The Bible says itself that knowledge will increase in the last days. Where in the last days, I believe knowledge is going to increase. But the fundamentals of the gospel will not change. The old, old story is the same today as it was 2,000 years ago. It was no different in the Roman Empire. It was no different in the Middle Ages. And it's no different today. The fundamentals of the gospel don't change. To have God as we've seen over and over and over in 1 John, is to cling to the truth of the gospel. And John says, if you don't abide in the doctrine of Christ, you hath not God. But he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. Believe in the truth of that gospel and cling to the truth of that gospel and you have God. I want to wrap up with one more. Let's bump back to... Uh, the Gospel of John. This is the last passage I'm going to read and then I'm going to pray. John 14, 23. Jesus talking again. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Let's try to do that together. Mind if I close in a word of prayer? Lord, help us to abide in this gospel. The old, old story. Simple song. Simple truths. They don't change. 